Hey, this is the Artwork Podcast and an episode in which I speak with Chris Krauss about films. Films she made between 1982 and 1995. She's the Chris Krauss, you know, the author of I Love Dick, critic, novelist and filmmaker. Um, it's recorded at Index, the Swedish Contemporary Art Foundation. Thank you so much, Index, for giving me the opportunity to speak with Krauss at your beautiful gallery. Thanks a lot. Hello. Hi. My name is Jenny. Hey, it's good to meet you. <laughs> so good to meet you. Um, we are in Stockholm for your show, for these films that you made a long time ago, before you started writing. And let's focus about the films today. And let's start with, um, what was it about the medium films that you found so attractive? Ah, oh, well, I mean, I love film, right? And Film was kind of glamour, film was romance, film was kind of possibility manifested. I mean, there's something so ecstatic and utopian about a movie. You know, a movie is like a dream. And um, it never occurred to me, though, that I would make a movie until it was suggested to me by an acting teacher who said, I really don't see you having a future as an actress. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you think about making films? And then she suggested that I see this experimental film. It's a classic of experimental filmmaking, Michael Snow's film Wavelength. Mm -hmm. I'd never heard of any of it. And I went to see it in a movie theater. And it kind of changed my life. You know, that film is um, its a single take that lasts for an hour. The camera's on a tripod, and it zooms in over the course of an hour to an activity between a couple that's happening at the end of a loft. And in that hour of that very slow zoom, the viewer goes through so many transformations and changes of minds. You know, it, you know, that kind of 70s structuralist filmmaking durational, but there was also something so funny about it. And, uh, yeah, so after I saw that, I thought, okay, I can do this. It's amazing. Yeah, and I got a super camera, and um, I was going back to New Zealand around that time, you know, for the summer, or part of it, so I brought the camera back with me, and I started making my first film when I was back in New Zealand. Like I said, Michael Snow was a really important influence, but I mean, really more than that, it was, you know, um, it was, you know, Chris Marker, for sure, and Godard, of mm -hmm, course, mm -hmm. and Fassbender, all of the kind of classic auteur filmmakers were huge influences. So, but you did think about pursuing a career in acting. Oh, I did. I mean, I, that was what I moved to New York to do. Um, I moved to New York when I was 21 to become an actress Wonderful. and to study acting. And I, you know, and I did that. I tried for four or five years and it just you know, didn't work out. <laughs> Which is the case for most people. It was people. so great. You know, there's this play happening in Stockholm, uh, Sylvia Rahm's play that I'm going to see on Saturday. And so it was the last time I was in Stockholm, I met her. And we had this great conversation about pursuing a career in acting. I see writing as relational, that you write to someone 
and to whom you write dictates the writing. Making these films, did you have a particular audience in Yes, mind? It, it was so arrogant and narcissistic. It, I was the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I made the films only to please myself. That is great. So um, if we see storytelling coming out of an urgency to talk about something, and then you set up the parameters for telling the story. So I guess that the role of fiction is about sharing, sharing a story. Um, is it vastly different to tell a story in a book than it is by making a film? I think so, yes. Um, I always think of writing now in filmmaking terms, you know, like there's a pre-production period and a production period, um, but they're differently weighted. For me, editing was the most important part of filmmaking, and that was where I really discovered what the film was, what the heart of the film was. For me, in writing now, the heart of it is the pre-production time where I'm thinking about what I'm going to write. I'm not one of those people, those writers who say, I write every day, I wake up at seven, I work from eight until noon, and then I have lunch. I'm not like that at all. <laughs> it's more like I think about it for a really long time and get ready to write something. And then there's the production period of writing. And then I work as much as I can every day for as long as it takes. But then as soon as that's finished, I stop writing. Yeah, and then the book take its life of its own. It goes to the publisher right. and it and gets released into edit. the world. Yeah. yeah, but I'm also not a writer who greatly revises. You know, it's not like I'm trying to make every sentence so perfect. It's more like I take a long time before I'm ready to start and I don't start until it's ready. So interesting. Um, so if we may, I would love to talk a little bit more about traveling at night. It's an amazing about 12-minute portrait of storytelling in action. And we follow a group of white school children. They go on a field trip. They visit caves that once sheltered um, slaves on the run. And we see them visiting an historian. And we also see and hear their teacher talk about the Underground Railroad, this network of secret routes and safety houses used by African-American slaves during their limited 1800s. How did this film come about? No one has ever asked me about this film. So it is I'm amazing. Really, and it's one of it's my so favorites. Good. I'm so <laughs> yes. glad that you did. Um, it's funny, you know, I was living at the time with Silver Lotinger, who was teaching French literature and philosophy at Columbia. And I made that film because the only opportunity that I could create for myself as a filmmaker was to get a grant to be a filmmaker in the school. So he's teaching graduate students at Columbia University, high theory. I'm teaching fourth graders in a rural school four and a half hours north of New York City. But I saw this as an opportunity to say something about the culture of the area, which was fascinating to me and deeply appealing. I mean, we lived, this is, the film was made in the 80s, so this is pre-internet. They didn't even have cable TV. It was a very, very isolated community. And the story, these school children learning the story of the Underground Railroad becomes a story about history and how much of history is hearsay, and how impossible it is 
to really know anything. So in a way, Sylvain was teaching Foucault and historiography at Columbia, but I was doing my own kind of historiography with the fourth graders at the Warrensburg School. It is an amazing film. Because, of course, I mean, the, the thing about the caves, I'm sure that was a fantasy. Yes. Nothing was written down, but it was such a closed community that there was actually an oral tradition that went all the way back to 18... Whatever. Yeah. You know, 1850. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my great-great-great-grandmother told my great-grandmother this. And these, the historian and the teacher somehow becoming prolific and we listen to them as if they were there knowing the story exactly exactly they take this history so personally and yet it's it's probably all mostly fictional yes and it was so different from you know 150 miles to the east in the state of vermont it's a much more affluent community people who've moved there from new york and other cities so they were written histories of the Underground Railroad in Vermont, you know, on a professional or semi-professional basis, there were no written histories in the Adirondacks. It was all oral. Thank you so much for that film. It, <gasps> it, I say it's worth the visit to Cameron just for that film. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> it says so much about what we don't know and what we can know about the past. Exactly. And these exactly. children, they also have a good time. Yes. They play around. They're just kids. <laughs> right. No, I think it's an amazing, an amazing film. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Are you working on a script today? No. No? Would no. you like to? It's not impossible that I'd never make another film. But I'd never make another film under those conditions, you know, where there's no budget and you have to beg people to work for free or for very little money. And, you know, and that kind of long period of shooting film and shooting film and not knowing where it's all going, I could never do that again. No. So, but if someone asked you yeah, and, someone and paid asked, the money. If someone asked. Yes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Because I understand that you were not involved with a TV show of I Love Dick. You were no, not one of the writers. they didn't ask me to be, and I didn't push for it. I mean, if I was going to make a film, I don't think I would make, be making a, a sitcom for TV. That's really very far afield from anything I would know how to do. Mm. And they knew how to do it beautifully. Yeah. Yo, absolutely. Yeah. And it's great. It's not the book, but it's something different. Yeah, it's, it's something an adaptation. Else, and something great and with it's it. very good. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we are in Stockholm. Would you say anything about Stockholm? How do you find this place? You've been here a couple of times. This is my second time. Second time now, yeah. The first time was in 2017, and I was on the I Love Dick tour. And the first thing I felt when I came here was like, oh, this is like being in Europe. None of the other European cities really feel like traveling anymore. You know, Amsterdam, Berlin, London, Paris. It's like, you know, you're just, it's all one city in a way. But Stockholm felt very different. Like it still had a culture of its own that was intact. That wasn't just international culture. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and have you had time to visit any of the museums and that sort of thing? Well, I didn't have any time last time, but yesterday I took a long a long walk in that amazing park that I hope to go back to. That's what you should be doing in Stockholm, just walk around. Yeah. It's a small city, it's a walkable city, and it's so beautiful this time of year. It's so incredibly beautiful. And this year, the flowers, 
it's amazing. It it's a boom. It's it's yeah. spectacular, really. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the Bird and Butterfly Museum is on my list for this afternoon. Very nice. Hope you will have a really good time there. Thank you so much for talking to me. This well, has thank been amazing. You. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Perfect.